Welcome to Godfather. Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It is a new year, a new decade. New decade. 2020, Season 3, Episode 1. We're going to go back to our origins. Yes. Yes, we are. Where Uh, did we come from? Where did we come from? Why are we here? Why does it matter? Uh, From all different angles. Yeah. I'm Keith Long. And I'm Greg Heineke. And this is uh, Godfather, and uh, this is basically a show where Greg and I, uh, Greg is an educator, and uh, I am a theologian, uh, pastor, uh, we just pick out things that uh, we find interesting, and what we learn, and then we share what we think yep. in friendly banter. Exactly. We want to add a little value to you as a listener, and share, share some time together. So this is for uh, anybody, but uh, we're especially uh, hoping that uh, the spiritually open-minded, curious, critical thinking crowd, uh, that, you know, you you want to learn, you want some wisdom to enhance your life uh, and impact in the world. We we hope that you are tuning in, finding this helpful, uh, because that's kind of who we are, um, two white dudes in suburbia that uh, like to ask questions and explore connections and find... Uh, ways that uh, all of this connects um, and reflects in our lives. So, so that's Godfather yeah. in a nutshell. Welcome. Let's get after it. Let's get after it. Human origins, a subject that I particularly love geeking out to. Um, there's just so many, there's so much history and scholarship that's been done on this topic uh, over the last, well, Probably, it's really intensified over the last hundred years. Okay. Uh, and there are a, a ton of books, both religiously based uh, and, and you know, science-based, uh, anthropological, an- anthropological, is that a Shep- word? Shepardica. <laughs> <laughs> Anthropology. Yes. Anthropological. <laughs> I don't wow, know. that's a Whatever. big word. Big word, those big words. Illogicals, those logical yep. words and isms. Uh, so that's uh, so that's where we're gonna go. So I'm gonna quiz Greg in the hot seat. All right. On human origins fodder, and uh, and see and see how you do. So let me yep. uh, play along, suffer along, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you might be suffering gonna, a little this bit. This gonna be super challenging. It might be. Okay. Uh, well. Question number one: The oldest human ancestor thought to have walked on two legs was called a, the Auroran Tuganesis, b. Artipithecus or C. Lucy? <laughs> Artipithecus. B is incorrect. Uh, it is the Oren Tuganesis. Good. Yeah. Uh, true or false? Five and a half million years ago, early proto human shares traits with chimps and gorillas and is forest dwelling. Five and a half million. False. That is true. <sighs> Number three, which <laughs> continent was Lucy, the famous specimen of the Australopithecus afarensis, <laughs> discovered uh, 3.2 million years ago? Which continent was Lucy from? Was it Australia, Africa, no, or Af- North America? Africa. It was Africa. Uh, do you know the country in Africa by chance? Mm, I don't think so. Ethiopia. Okay. 
Number four, its face protrudes less than earlier hominids, but still retains many ape features. Has a brain volume of around 600 centimeters. Uses stone tools regularly, created by splitting pebbles. Uh, which species is this? The Homo habilis, the Homo erectus, or the Homo sapiens? The first one. Yes, it is Homo habilis. Habilis, habilis. Uh, true or false? Meat-rich diets may have led to the evolution of larger brains. False. True. <laughs> Say it with confidence. <laughs> uh, number six. Four hundred thousand years ago, early humans began to hunt with what type of weaponry? Uh, a. Bow and arrow. B. Pistols. C. Spears. Or D. Chinese throwing stars. Um, the first one was, it, was that bow, bow and, and arrow. arrow? It's actually spears, spears. Okay. 400,000 years ago. Spears, then bow and arrow, because you got to be able to I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think a spear could easily be right? turned into something mm-hmm. you could... An arrow. Well, they're something. chucking it, and then, yeah, I'm someone along the lines is like, distance. I'm going to... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need some more velocity on this bad boy. All right. Evolution, which leads <laughs> to <the> Chinese throwing <laughs> stars. I was like, what kind of fun thing could I throw in there as an option? <laughs> yep. Uh, number seven, 325,000 years ago... Oldest surviving early human footprints are left by three people on what kind of terrain? Mm. Was it a field, a volcano, or a riverbed? Um, riverbed. It was actually a volcano. Oh, really? They were scrambled. They were found like they kind of deducted. They were scrambling down a volcano. Uh-huh. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> I, I went with the, you know, once the river would have dried up. And yeah, then would yeah, be exposed. Be there, yeah. Uh, number eight, how many years ago did our own species appear on the scene? Was it A, 315,000 years ago, B, 195,000 years ago, or C, 50,000 years ago? Mm. I should have a better idea about it. Uh, the three hundred. You said 350? It was 195,000 years ago. Okay. Homo sapiens appeared. Okay, number, you got two left. Uh, number nine, when did humans become capable of speech? 100,000 years ago, 200,000 years ago, or 150,000 years ago? <laughs> Have we? <laughs> we can make noises. Uh, yeah. uh, probably the, the, the oldest one that you said there. I was actually right in the middle, 150,000 years ago. Okay. Uh, they found um, like 100,000-plus-year-old shell jewelry uh, suggests that people could develop complex speech and symbolism at that time. Hmm. So, again, they don't know for certain right, when that happened. That. But, but because of finding you know, symbolism, they yeah. think that's when, I don't know. That's interesting. All right, this is my la- this last question. Last True or false, hobbits existed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe so. In a hole in the ground, there lived. True. Seriously? Yes. The Homo florensiensis hobbit people were found on the Indonesian island of Flores. They stand just over one meter tall and have brains similar in size to chimpanzees, yet have advanced stone tools. Wow. So oh, hobbits are legit. All right, I'm going with that. That's the <laughs> that's the takeaway of the evening. Yeah. So, um, thirty three thousand years ago, the oldest cave art is found. Um, let's see other things. Uh, the domestication of dogs happened around ten thousand years ago. Okay. 
Stone Age and Bronze Age. Uh, Bronze Age begins around 5,500. So not to steal the fun ago. thunder too early here, but well, this is all making uh, making progress, pro- progressing yes. from this to the next. I'm like, well, yeah. But this the cave of the jaguar would indicate at least that at some point there was a group of Homo sapiens, presumably that um, had organized thoughts and patterns. It and had combined that, it all. Yeah. yeah. That it was not only speech. That was a long time ago. But then writing and, yeah, yeah, thinking. Maybe like that group, that group was farther advanced than others and then for whatever reason disappeared while these others expanded. And how did they share? Like how did it, how did it from one part of the world to another part of the world? Uh And that, that would be really interesting to see like how they compare. Yeah. Maybe we'll get there one day. Maybe one day we'll get there. Hmm. You must be in the lead here, right? <laughs> <laughs> when there's rock and roll, that means that I am the leader. Yep. I love my Van Halen, Humans Being. Do you know what movie that song debuted in? No. I didn't I, I didn't know it was in a it movie. It is from a movie hmm. called Twister. Really? Yes. The one with Helen Hunt. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Humans beings. Humans. Humans being. Humans being. Humans Hard to say that. <laughs> it humans. Is. Humans being. Being. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, Greg and I thought it would be fun to focus in on origins from multiple source points, rather than trying to find a great source and then coming up with a podcast around it we went the opposite way in season three by picking a topic we like and then going out and finding the sources that we can pull in that story if you will so i read i have a couple of books that i'm gonna share some insight from yep uh greg found some ted talks and i found a a podcast so we've got a little bit of of everything which is kind of cool very neat and we don't really know how that's gonna (laughs) yeah This may be a one-hit wonder, exactly. or maybe, maybe not yeah, even might, a hit. Might crash and burn trying to trying to do a report on all of those different things. <laughs> the Archies, sugar, sugar. We don't rehearse, just so you know. Uh, yep. we unscripted. We just... Two guys in the Saint Anthony studio. <laughs> That's right. Just giving it a world, a couple of microphones, and a computer. So you, we can start with at least the idea of just the concept itself, where you said at the beginning. Very interested in this. Always have been fascinated. Where where does that curiosity? Do you know where that curiosity originated yourself or not? Just over the course of studying and and such. I think it's just when you you sit and you look up at the stars or you ponder something that's just borderline transcendent you yeah. know, above you. You just have that question: Why are we here? Yeah. Or how did we? get to this point and yep. and, and and that's kind of where it, it okay. sprung from so the the human piece have you heard and it was explained 
through a roll of toilet paper on the origins of time and where humans, so however many rolls, you know, each of those sheets, I should say, within the roll and where humans are. So you unroll that thing, right? You got that in your mind where you're unrolling and roll. And humans are this last little, I don't know if it's a centimeter or even yeah. less of when we've, when we've been around. I, like, and I can't remember exactly uh, I, I, where I heard that, but that is the piece of, that I brought to this is, okay, even as we're looking at this chunk of time, thousands of years, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands yeah. of years before that. The way, I, the way I heard it described was if the um, universe or if existence was a calendar year, then the human species is 11.59 p.m. Okay. on yeah. New Year's I think Eve. I've heard that, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's one minute. Yeah. And, and, and that just should just blow your mind in, in how vast existence has been and yep. uh, how little we know. But yet, there's quite a bit that we... We do know. We do, and we're we're finding out. It it seems more and more every year. I mean this this podcast um, was again a great indicator of how history is there. Uh, but just recently to to come across it um, and and find out, wow, this is this has been there, and now we can we can dig down. It was. Um, I don't know if you want to go there quite yet, but it seems appropriate with the idea of they find this cave and they seal it up because they're not mm. going to go in there. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. For whatever reason. It, it was sealed twice. Twice. Okay. So it was, it was found by some kid and then sealed and then an archaeologist in the 50s found it. He sealed it. Okay. And then they find it again and decide... Now we're going to maybe now look at it. So we're, we're talking about it. Mexico, yeah, uh, the the Yucatan Peninsula, and finding this cave, and they decide to open it up and and see a what year they ago. Can see. This yeah. just happened, yeah. And they it was in the Yucatan Peninsula where the where the Mayan civilization was uh, a dominant civilization on par with you know Roman Empire, Babylon, uh, and this uh, uh, empire civilization. Thrived and then all of a sudden it baffled archaeologists because it just seemed to just disappear, mm-hmm. uh, and then they don't know why it went away. And so the archaeologist finds this this cave and and goes into it, and uh, you have to really squeeze and crawl through these tiny passageways. And he gets he gets in, and uh, and then all of a sudden he encounters this deadly snake yes he has uh, to stop this, this deadly snake and it, it, he says like 30 centimeters away from him mm-hmm. and so then obviously you know i'm out of here yep. he goes he shows it to the mayan people and guides and they're like you know oh yeah like that's of course one of the deadliest that, snakes you yeah. can't you can't go any further no that that's a spirit and then and then Garden and the then <laughs> and then the, the, it gets a little bit more interesting where mm-hmm. they're saying you're not welcome in that cave. Yeah. You need to get permission from the spirits to go into that cave. And so they bring in a shaman, and they do this ceremony, and they ask this snake guard, basically, yep. to for, for permission you to go in there. Show shall not pass. 
<laughs> so so they basically so this is what I thought was cool was you've got these scientists but then they're they're going through the customs of that culture and the spiritual world and the science world come together yes and and they they decide that uh, well they do this big ceremony and the shamans basically like yep you know you've gotten permission to go so they crawl back in there they get all the way up and then here the snake is still there and the <laughs> and the archaeologist what? is just like ah, it's still here but in in faith and in courage he crawls over it mm-hmm. and he's not bit and he's able to go in and explore this incredible chamber as a result mm-hmm. Well, he's with like, is it a yeah. camera? He's with a camera person. Camera and, person, and, and she wouldn't go. And she's like, I, <laughs> no I'm way. not doing that. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> no. And, but so this guy, he's yeah. he says, well, I'm I'm just gonna go. I, yeah. I got. I'm 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 over the snake. I'm gonna go check it out. I'll be gone for thirty minutes. Thirty minutes, maybe. Yeah, he's gone for three, three and a half and hours, half hours <laughs> later. Oh, man. He's back. Yeah. But but what he found. So where this is all getting, how is all tied to human origins? Is he gets into this chamber after crawling for two hours, and he finds uh, this space with dozens and dozens of incense burners. Yes. So it's basically this sacred site, this sanctuary, ancient sanctuary of sorts, and it's the the incense burners have charcoal in them and he kind of just describes it as nobody has been back here for probably a thousand years Mm -hmm. the stalactites are like they're growing Growing. around it yeah you know and so uh it's just this just very emotional scenes you know finding all these thinking that it's the mayan people you know praying for rain and um anyway so they've, they've got this you know and and now there are caves like this all across the world where they've found lots of other, you know, signs of uh, of humans. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been there, painting on the walls mm. and other, yeah, um, you know, re- you know, sacred type sites that are not easy to get to. That it's it's not like they could explain it away. You have to crawl on your belly for yeah. two hours to get to some of these places. Well, and that modern tools, again, that's that's what was fascinating is they've been to this cave. Nope, not going to go in there. Been to this cave. Nope, not going to go in there. And so he he calls it out and, and gives a shout out, if you will, that says, thank goodness they did seal it up again because now, all these years later, we can use modern technology to... to have a greater understanding because it wasn't disrupted at that time. So you know, it leads me to the question of why? Why these caves? Why mm-hmm. these uh, incense burners? Why these cave paintings? You know, what what did they find? Why did they put themselves through all of that for? Yeah. Well, and they did touch on it a little bit with the. This is. Um, a, a very dry area, and they're praying to uh, the god of rain, and trying to be able to obviously have have it rain, have water, to be able to live, um, support their crops, etc. And they're so desperate that the the he comes back out and kind of I don't know if it was shocking, but it struck me where this is set up, and I forget the exact um, talak versus chalk. 
they had these couple different gods, and this region would be praying to this chalk rain god, and all of this within the the incense and the things is that they were praying to a central Mexican god. So it was a whole different god where, all right, you're not listening to me. Maybe I need to shift and try a different aspect. And it's just the you know even just winding the tape back even more and okay so they're suffering that's yeah. that's the bottom line is that they're suffering and uh they are responding to their suffering by asking for help from invisible forces that they perceive listen and care and will act mm-hmm. for them and this is part of our human origin this goes back thousands and thousands of years Uh, most scholars agree that there's this religious impulse that reaches deep into our paleolithic past uh, and that there's this fierce debate about how and why and when that religious impulse started but they all agree that there is a religious impulse okay and there's a spiritual impulse uh, and they all uh, this is from uh, the book god a human history by reza aslan uh, he talks about how um, what all the theories of religious impulse have in common is that they're concerned with what religion does rather than where it came from, how it arose, and why. So they want to know if this doesn't necessarily have a evolutionary benefit, then why? You know, why? Why? Why did humans do this from their origin, from mm-hmm. the very beginning? Uh, and that that is that's what stirs a lot of this research and exploration and discovery. Uh, they found uh, in northern Spain a large red disc painted on a cave uh, that can be traced approximately forty one thousand years ago. Forty one thousand years ago, just around the time that Homo sapiens first arrived in the region. Uh, and they're again very hard to get to. Uh, entering them is like passing through liminal space. The, the sacred space it requires a perilous of climbing over snakes you know <laughs> yeah. to, to get there uh, and and that this goes back at least 41,000 years uh, that there's uh, even you know it could go even further back that they're trying to communicate uh, something through their <laughs> through their their dangerous yeah. you know getting into these places um, this is a another quote from Reza Aslan as French anthropologist Claude Levi Strauss observed primitive humans chose the animals that they cast upon the rock not because they were good to eat but because they were good to good to think so the early humans enter these caves not to paint that the world that they know uh, they are here to imagine the world that exists beyond theirs so they have deducted that the things that are on these cave walls almost always don't sh- depict violence, but it's like a, a gods and things that are beyond, you know, the animals that are there when they then, now this is cool too, they can figure out, well, well those animals didn't exist at that time. Yeah. So what animals are they painting? Hmm. They're using their imaginations. Yeah. And they're trying to escape. I mean, this is like early, early TV, right? Uh, and, and so I, I just, uh, I think, again, that raises a lot of questions. Like why? Yeah. Why would they do that? Yeah. Well, and that imagination piece is, is a key. So 
coming from this was a TED talk that you mentioned that I I watched. This is what explains the rise of humans. Uh, Yorve Noah Harai. This is a TED talk from June of 2015. He's a historian and an author and talks about that imagination and coming up with stories. And he talks about when we are able to have that collective story, that's where the beliefs start to come into play. And I found it funny actually where he talks at the very beginning and he refers to about 70,000 years ago where you know we were humans and whatnot were the equivalent of say um, a jellyfish or a firefly or a woodpecker and weren't really um, too impactful um, though we want to believe that right we we're very egocentric and we're trying to be superior and whatnot and he then makes that nice comparison to chimpanzees and talks about if uh, a human and a chimpanzee were on a deserted island who would be able to survive and he says i'll probably put my money on the chimpanzee but he then moves that to well humans have been able to rise up and have been able to Develop because of this collectiveness of being, hey, there are two of us. All right, so we're going to start to communicate. How will we do that? Will, will language develop? Um, how will we be able to get along? And he talks about it in the sense of co- um, being cooperative and cooperative flexibility. There are animals and insects and different groups out there, but they can't be cooperative and flexible when something happens. They can't be responsive. And so within those large numbers, time has passed and we've been able to you know rise up and do some pretty amazing things but the part about the imagination that i wanted to refer to is that story piece and we've talked about that before is we've got to have our stories and we've got to agree upon those stories so his number one story of all humankind is about money and he says this this piece of paper it's worthy of of whatever bananas and 20 of them and a hundred of them and we've built whole systems whole yeah. societies around around money um and bartering and trading and whatnot and he he ends it with the idea of you couldn't convince a chimpanzee because they they're going to have the banana you can't say here i'll give you this it's it's more than than yeah the, there's the no banana. there's no concept of reward no for animals yes the humans are the only species that operate and are motivated by the abstract and the the reward punishment yeah system and so that we can live in our head within that reality or as you're saying imagination and he he defines it as a as so an objective reality and a fictional reality and that's the beauty of the human is mm-hmm. that he or she can live in both of those worlds simultaneously and i think in our day and age there's a struggle between you know science and spiritual yeah and one is deemed to be more important than the other and wherever you fall on on that spectrum, I think what I came away from this is there just has to be a balance, or you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna get out of balance. Mm-hmm. And and how important the story truly is. I think I grew up thinking, oh, the story is my escape, and it's it helps to give me a break from all the facts and the. You know, the things that I have to do, the story is the thing that I want to do. But I come away from all of this thinking the story is essential to our survival. Yeah. And and it goes back thousands and thousands of years to these early humans that are telling stories. And 
now we're telling the story of them telling the story. But again, that proves my point that that we're still here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're storytellers. Yeah. And and it's important that we do continue to tell them. And whether we we tell them differently now, again, we were very verbal and then started to write them down. Now we've got the technology. We add the video. We become very visual, right? But it still comes away with we've got to be able to comprehend it. We've got to be able to understand it or it, it won't have any of the power that, that's necessary. So just having that as I, I'd love, I'm taking away from this is, is that that I need to just pause more often than than I do and and think about that, that there are multiple perspectives, that this story is the piece, but you're looking at it differently. What can I gain from it? When I tell it, who will hear it from me? What will they gain from it? And so it, it does con- can continue, but it's an impactful in a positive way rather than a negative way. What did you think of that other TED Talk? where he talked about the bias of what they found because they were only finding adult, uh, whatchamacallit, um, fossils. Yeah, they were only referring finding... to Selam, uh, the 3.3 million-year-old bones. Is that yeah. The, yeah. So another TED Talk, um, and this is about humanity and the roots of uh, society and such. It's the search for humanity's roots. Uh, man, I, I, I'm still... Wondering, because he uh, said he said that up to just a couple of years ago they were only they would only find adult fossils. They they never found any children, children fossils. Children. Yes. And so he they, said it was like if a Martian came to Earth and reported back to Mars that they only have, you know, that there's only adults. Yeah, and there's no children. No, it's just not reflective of who we are. But that's all they had, and then they found a child. Yeah. And it changed everything. It did. And I don't know, again, does he not reference a little bit about how maybe because the body is growing and changing so rapidly that the fossils, the bones could not fossilize and be around. But so this is um, a three-year-old is is what they're believing it to be and then go through. It's a very neat explanation about looking at teeth and the voice box. Um, yeah, and the brain the connection. Yeah, and having the prefrontal cortex of the human's brain being able to—they knew uh, it was a human because the humans are the are, the human brain is the only brain that continues to develop. Yes, whereas animal brains stop. Yes, again, referring to a chimpanzee again is the the brain was ninety percent formed would would have been or have stopped and this is still going to continue i know oh my gosh and that again was 3.3 million year old bones and this what? is the very this is the very first 3.3 million year old bones and her name is silam uh and so it's just crazy th- this is the part where i think everyone's mind is just totally blown when you well, think of like we, a million like we, i can't even count you, to a million and we're you, talking about i can't grab a i can't get anything <laughs> to get my brain to yeah. connect to that right can I, you i, I, I try to i try to think of uh, big stadiums or things like that and i i just i, I just it's just totally back beyond to your me. calendar example or the toilet paper roll I, yeah Three point three million, or when they try to explain light years and mm-hmm. how long it takes to get somewhere, and and I just I just I can't even fathom how far away that is and how far back that is, and it is so humbling, mm-hmm. so humbling to yep. just to know that human species, not again, not exactly like us, but 
more similar to us than different yep. existed for millions of years. Millions. Millions. <laughs> One million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So uh, questions, connections, reflections on that is is take a chance and pause, people, mm-hmm. and be grateful of of who who we are, where we came from, and and that the story continues, and 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 we are we are continuing to adapt. And I and I do think even we we have our problems. I mean, we we certainly have our imperfections as a species, but we also have some incredible strengths uh, that that yeah. allow us to to explore just some incredible things. Exciting, both both looking forward and and going back, looking at your future by seeking out that past. Yeah. Very neat. So super interesting. Su- actually, hey, may, I, may I say, <laughs> I find that super, super interesting. interesting. <laughs> oh yeah. Well. Uh-huh. Anyway, I'm I'm kind of just you know I don't know I don't know what more can be said. It's just it's that's human origins. And so anyway, uh, listeners, uh, the books that I referenced, God: A Human History by Reza Aslan gives kind of the overall overarching history of religion and the religious impulse and where spirituality um, first came onto the scene and where where then the author where he you know where he's taken it I've also referenced Edward O Wilson's the meaning of human existence uh, and this is more of the uh, from a biological standpoint, a science standpoint, totally uh, not religious whatsoever. Some great fodder in there to to ponder and think about. And for the most part, he does a good job of putting it in terms that you can understand. Although there was definitely moments in that book where I was like, I need a biology degree. <laughs> like I don't yeah. know what he's saying. Yeah. But there's enough in there that I found really interesting. And then the Cave of the Jaguar God on Overheard at Nat Geo. Uh, podcast. So check those are the sources I use. Greg's yep. reference a couple of TED talks. So we had the TED talk again. What explains the rise of humans by Yuval Noah Harari? He's a historian and author. And then the other was the search for humanity's roots by Zaray Elmasigad. He's a paleoanthropologist. So that one is from a TED talk of June two thousand and seven. That's what we got. That's what we got. All right. Well, we thank you for your ears. We ask you to subscribe if you have not done so already. Share a comment. Ask a question. Make a connection. Send us a tweet. We're at hashtag Godfather Podcast or hashtag Fodder Time or, as always, hashtag Fodder Heads. Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done. But because of who you are, I am flower quickly fading here today and gone tomorrow. So this episode's format and structure, all the things that we've done here today are done by Keith Long and, and me, Greg Heineke. We would like to shout out to uh, Chuck Bennis, right? Is that his yep. name? He's our art artist for our Godfather podcast. Uh, our source material we've already mentioned. 
Shout out to The Godfather theme music composed by Nino Roda. Human Being was performed by Van Halen, and you're listening to Who Am I by Casting Crowns. You can find us on Spreaker or, like they say, any other uh, place that you find your, your podcasts. Go ahead and tell a friend and certainly join us again when we will ask more questions and explore further connections, sharing our reflections to add a little value to your world. Thanks.